And like the meme says, the internet remains undefeated, man. So when so many people know about something and they know it's, it could be an awesome financial opportunity that will never happen again, and it will never happen again because they're putting these rules in place so it doesn't happen again. But when people see an opportunity like that, they jump at it, man. They jump at it like it's uh, like the like they're the 49ers uh, searching for gold up in the Bay Area. That's like it's like a gold rush. It's like a 2021 gold rush right now. Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I have to plug a few quick things. First of all, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available to order. You can read some chapter previews by following the link in the description below. Our sponsors, ExpressVPN, get 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN and get 25% off podcast hosting with Podium. Finally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please go check out odyssey.com instead. We are hosting all our videos there. If you're a creator, you can move your videos across with one simple click and you can earn cryptocurrency simply by watching videos and use it to tip your favorite creators like myself. So please check that all out if you want to support the show. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today I'm talking to Jackson Hunter, who is a musician, YouTuber and professional AMC enthusiast. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, man, um, thanks thanks for agreeing to chat to me. Before we start, I have to plug two things. Um, first of all, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War. You can check that out in the description below. And our sponsor, ExpressVPN. You can get 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN by following the link in the description below. So, Jackson, one of the interesting things I find about you when I first started spotting your videos on YouTube talking about um, AMC and investing was that initially your YouTube channel was started and it was all music. So when did you start that? And, and was it always or was it initially destined to just be something for you to, to, to post um, like gigs and, and concerts and music and stuff on it? Or, or did you, you know, envision becoming the, the, the profit of, of the short squeeze? No, not at all. It, it was uh, it was the former. I uh, I've been a musician since I was 10 years old. I'm 29 now. And I started my YouTube channel in 2012. So over nine years ago. And like you said, I just posted uh, music and live uh, concert footage and like behind the scenes vlogs. And if I would uh, play like South by Southwest, I would post that footage. And just I was just constantly churning out content and music videos and um it's so funny i put so much time and effort into that stuff and it only got me to 127 subscribers and then one night i just put an amc stock analysis out i didn't even think much of it honestly i was, I was making dinner and i was like i got 15 20 minutes and i i whipped this thing together and i put it out and it just got a lot of traction and uh it got like six thousand views in the first 24 hours and like 150 subscribers and it was it was just a no-brainer like of course i'm gonna do this every day and then it's been it's been growing my channel like insane uh in in february 27th i had 127 subscribers and now we're at over 13,000 in a matter of a couple months 
And more than that, it's just like my community is so engaged and they're so positive and we're all like-minded and we just want financial freedom. So it's really, it's not so much like, like, yeah, I have a YouTube channel that's growing. It's like, we have a community that really supports one another. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. No, the community is something um, I'm absolutely fascinated by. And I want to get on a little onto a little later, but what, what first brought you to, to AMC? Like what, what brought it across your, your radar? Like, why did you decide to make a video about it? Yeah, I have been trading since October of last year. I started out trading options contracts and I learned a lot. I had a couple of mentors that taught me all about technical analysis, fundamentals. Um, so stocks move on three things. They move on fundamentals, how well a company is doing monetarily. Uh, they move on technical analysis and they move on breaking news. And so I was just learning the game from my mentors and I had to pay my tuition. I lost a couple thousand dollars starting out as, as everybody does when they play the market, unless you're just completely lucky. But uh, I, I started, I'm by no means an expert. I'm by no means a professional, uh, but I started trading in October. And then once uh, January came around and we had that baby squeeze, but then they, they stopped it. They called a timeout. It was one of the most unethical things I'd ever seen in my lifetime. And it was just so blatantly obvious that the, the little guy was making too much money and the 1% couldn't handle it. And so they called a timeout. And it was just like, man, that was so shady. And uh, I'm a pretty passionate person. So that, that is when it really caught my eye. Because before that, I, was, I wasn't playing AMC and GME. And... Uh, and then I just started researching AMC and GME and all the Reddit stocks just day and night. And they don't move like other stocks. They don't move like a traditional Apple or Microsoft or, or, uh, or um, Coca-Cola or McDonald's. They don't move like that whatsoever. They move off of internet trends. And that's something that the hedge funds don't realize the power of. Like, um, it's just, it's totally, it's an anomaly that, that the traditional investor has not seen these internet trend driven stocks. And so that's why they're so confused that when they short it and they create some artificial selling pressure, we just buy up the dip and we gladly buy up the dip. And you look at any other stock in the market, nobody does that. Like if a stock dips, people typically get out and they find another play to play. But mm -hmm. we understand how shorted this thing is. It all comes down to, it's shorted so much and it's shorted through leverage. It'd be one thing if they were shorting it with money that they had, but they're shorting it 10 times over and they borrowed money from banks that they haven't paid back. And so it's just a no brainer. They have to buy back the shares at some point. And who owns the shares? The retail uh, shareholders. That's all it is. So to answer your question, uh, when it happened January 27th, when uh, when they, the brokers pulled the plug, I was just like, man, that is, that, that was not cool. And that is not indicative of a free market. And, and everybody like came together as a, not even just in, in the United States, all over the globe. We have, we have investors all over Germany, UK, Mexico, Australia, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's something. Yeah, go for it. I was just gonna say Korea. <laughs> yeah. They joined yes. us. Taiwan all over. 
And so I, I just saw something that was so blasphemous to me, not in the religious sense, but just like, man, like <laughs> that is so crooked. And I heard a great uh, quote on Twitter about it. The mask slipped off a little bit that day. And we got to see the inner workings of how the financial market actually works. And, and I was appalled. And so I just uh, dove in headfirst with the research. Mm. I want to get to that, the, the, the short in it on leverage as well, um, and try and get, get you to maybe explain a little bit of that. But I find it so curious that you're identifying the same thing that, that I did and that um, it's something I'm 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 writing about at the minute. Is that that the fact that the mask really slipped? Is is the the, the right at the end of January, first of February was the first moment where I'd seen the chasm between like what was happening in reality and what the mainstream press were reporting was so <laughs> unbelievably huge. Like, like I was sitting on Reddit, like looking at the top post, the front page, and it said like, don't buy silver. This is the distraction. They're trying to take you away from GME and AMC. And then like, you'd open my news app and, and all of the headlines, I've got this, I've got like a sheet of about 20 headlines. And it's just, you know, game stops over. The Reddit crowd are going for our silver next or SLV. It wasn't even silver. It was SLV, a company associated with trading silver. It wasn't even the commodity itself. Um, yeah. and, and someone actually really interestingly pointed out that um, the, the, the reason that it might have pushed silver, now this could be just coincidence, would be because the the uh, there's an idea that, that a lot of these communities on Reddit are being tracked. And people will all often say, thanks for the silver. And therefore, it's one of the most used words. And they suggested that that was the reason that hedge funds picked up on it and, and pushed it. Now, that's obviously just a complete like wild out there theory. But um, I find it interesting. <laughs> Dude, I had not heard of that. That is hilarious. But it makes total sense. Because <laughs> mm, similar things have happened. Like, for example, there was... Um, the, there was a whole bunch of bots. I've seen posts where there was people spamming SSR, but as in as if it was a stock, not the short sale rule. And it's again clearly a, a situation where things have been tracking the posts and the comments, picked up on the fact everyone keeps using SSR, which is an obscure, like Vancouver-based mining company that is known as SSR when it trades on the Australian stock exchange. So, and, and uh, yeah, so there's no way that this has just randomly been picked up by a whole bunch of Redditors. And then you have to ask yourself where they come from. And, and yeah. it's, it's been so weird to watch this like weird online, online battle. But you, the, the reason that I think we, we've been at least somewhat successful is, is the community. Like, what do you think is, is, is what's holding that community together? Because I've been trying to work this out. Like, what is, what is driving the community itself? Because normally people get bored. They move on from their fads. Like, even, even QAnon is finished, you know, apart from the real believers. Um, so what is it that's, you know, keeping the apes interested? Yeah, that's a great question. It's the hope for financial freedom. So I can't speak on uh, economies outside of the United States. I know very little about that. I'm just a simple ape. But in the United States, the middle class has been wiped out. So we, we, have a, a, we have 30 rich guys at the very top, and they own more wealth than the entire bottom 99%. 
So there is no middle class in America. And I'm sure there's guys that would love to argue with me about that, but I've seen it firsthand. I've struggled my entire adult life. I've worked three to four jobs and still coming up short on rent. So to answer your question, it's, it's people are so passionate because they see promise of a better life through gaining financial freedom through AMC and GME and the rest of the Reddit stocks. And I 100% believe it's going to happen. Uh, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't show me any piece of evidence that would prove me otherwise in my conviction. So people, people are so passionate. So it's, it's, that, it's that hope of a better life, of financial comfort and freedom that, that Americans have been struggling with. And people around the globe, too, have been struggling. And so it's like, once you get that financial monkey off your back, then you can really enjoy life. And it's like, for my entire adult life, I had to put off so many things because I was working 12, 14 hours a day. And then when you get home, you're, you're so tired, you don't want to do anything. And so uh, there's a better way. And these 3.2 million shareholders in AMC, we see that better way on the horizon. And I don't think it's too much further away. And then on top of that, we also, we also just want to level the playing field. Like we're not asking for anything crazy. We're just asking for a free and a transparent market. The same way that, uh, I mean, most casinos are less rigged than the market is right now. And that's just, that's like, it's laughable, you know, it's too early in the morning for me to laugh, but <laughs> it's laughable, you know? And so it, it, people see this as a way of getting financial freedom or at the very least financial comfort. And hopefully it brings back some semblance of a middle class to America because that's been wiped out in the past two decades. Uh, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you could work one job and it didn't even have to be a super high paying job. And you could save up for a couple of years and buy a house. Now, if you try and do that in L.A., and I've, I've lived out of my car, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a walking example of this, and I'm no, I'm, no, I'm no, like, outlier to this. Many people have, like, tried to come to California and, like, make their dreams come true, and they, they end up homeless because the cost of living to what people are paying you is just, it's upside down. It makes, it's nonsensical. And then also on top of that, people got, got enraged by what happened in January. Like, how can you call a timeout? It's like the it's like the 49ers being up 55 points in the fourth quarter against the uh, let's just say the L.A. Rams. And then the L.A. Rams call a timeout and the refs completely flip the rules. And now the Rams are up 200 uh, points to zero. Hmm. It's like it, it, it's so unethical what happened. And the fact that they did it right in front of us, not even like not even trying to hide it. And then the CEOs of some of these brokers were just talking out of their rear end, trying to make up, trying to, trying to make up some story. But then it all came out as it was all lies. It wasn't a collateral issue whatsoever. It was nothing like that. Mm. It's because Citadel uh, owns the, the market for flow orders. So they, they get customer data from Robinhood customers. So, and then also to speak on what you're talking about earlier with the journalism, dude, almost nobody has, I think you do a great job with integrity with journalism, but most journalists these days are just are trash. I'm going to speak honestly, and they just post whatever will get people to click on their to to click on their article because if people don't know out there, the viewers watching, 
you get paid by how many times somebody clicks on your page and then they click an ad. It's called cost per click. That's how um, article writers get paid. And then on top of that, you actually, it gets more crooked than that. You get, you get, you get organizations or hedge funds or family offices that will pay article writers to drag a stock through the mud. And they'll say five reasons not to buy AMC and, and AMC is going to one cent. It's all, everybody, everybody knows at this point, it's all BS. And then I found out the other week that MarketWatch, uh, Citadel has a $100 million stake in MarketWatch. No like, way. <laughs> no, I, I promise you, you can look it up. You can, it's on, it's on Wikipedia and it's on Fintel. Citadel owns $100 million worth of MarketWatch. So of course they're going to say bad things about AMC, you know? Yeah, that makes so much sense. I will splice in this article that I'm, I'm having a look at um, for, for anyone that wants to look here, and I'll, I'll put the link in the description below. So um, I also want to point out that like that's not 100% true on all the journalists. It depends where you work for. Some will, play per, uh, some will pay per click, but the outlet itself will is getting their almost all their revenue based on the click. So they, it is literally in their best interest to post whatever they can that will make people click. Um, and, yeah, and, and uh, for better or for worse, unfortunately, that's the that's the way that the the the, the industry works now. Um, but I wanted to go back a little bit, and and we can just to for for people who who have maybe been focused almost primarily on GameStop. Um, what what happened with AMC then um, at the end of January with uh, the baby squeeze, the trading halt? And and what what made you hone in on AMC as well as GameStop? Where because a lot of people their their portfolios are just GameStop one hundred percent. You know, only diversification is the different platforms they've got that on. <laughs> um, but so so why AMC and and, and what uh, what sort of happened there that you've you've been watching the story? So before we go into like what's going on now. So I got into AMC because the stock was cheap. Uh, when I started covering it, it was eight bucks a share in, on February 27th. And so it had easy accessibility. I don't come from a lot of money, so I didn't have the money to buy the GameStop shares. They were, you know, five times the amount of AMC shares. So it's the accessibility. You can buy a lot more shares. And, and, GameStop, and GameStop has already had a huge run. They were, they were what, five or 10 bucks back in December. And now they're trading at around 150 bucks a share. So I'm not saying GameStop's not going to squeeze. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe GameStop is going to squeeze too. But I believe AMC offers more bang for the buck. And so that's why I jumped into AMC. And I have shares of AMC and I have call options for AMC. And I am 100% sure that I'm going to bank on those. And then uh, just the other week, I had some extra cash. So I picked up two shares of GameStop. Cause I know that's going to go stupid high too, but, but to start out, I just didn't have the uh, capital and AMC was trading at eight bucks a share. It's a, uh, it's a no brainer, especially when, when you know that it's the number one movie theater company in the world, that's not an $8 stock fundamentally. Mm -hmm. So even if people want to have that fundamental argument, it's a, it's a, it's a moot point. It doesn't make any sense. Because if you look at the chart on 2015 and 2017, it was a $36 stock. And then you got movies coming out like Fast and Furious 9 and Mortal Kombat and Congress Godzilla that, that did uh, half a billion in box office. Like 
and the summer is coming around. So like, you can't even have that fundamental argument anytime. Like the only reason why it's trading sideways and not going to triple digits is because it's so heavily shorted through synthetic shares in the billions. Mm. <laughs> in the billions. Right. Okay. Well, the, 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 let's let's get into the the, the 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 sort of technicalities of what's going on then now uh, for people. So, uh, I was looking last night and and earlier today, just before we've been recording here, that uh, I've seen suggestions that the short, like the the interest charged on short selling, not the short interest, is somewhere between either seventy or one hundred and forty nine percent right now. That's the interest rate that people are charging to let to 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 lend out the shares. If 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 I've I've understood this correctly, what on earth is like? What the fuck? That seems like a, <laughs> that seems like I have never like even even those rip off payday loan ads that they're like oh thirty nine percent APR and you're like poof you're getting screwed there and this is way more than that. Yeah, man. What's happening? I used to I used. I used to get by on payday loans, speaking of that, and those are a total ripoff. But I'm looking at it right now. I've got a I borrow desk up. Yesterday, it jumped from 26% all the way up to 70, 70%. It almost 3x in the matter of one day. And I've told my viewers this many times that short borrow fee rate, it's an APR, just like you said, that number can jump very quickly. And so right now, it's uh, according to our desk, it's at 78.7%. That is ludicrously high. And for anybody to take a short position with that high of an APR, you've got to be out of your mind. And there's only 3,000 shares available. That's basically zero uh, to be lent on this, according to this website. Now, like you said, that's just, uh, that's just one of the brokers. So I believe they take their, their information from interactive brokers. But I saw on Ortex's Twitter, um, on some websites, it's as high as like uh, a, hundred, a couple hundred percent. And that's, that's an APR, of course. That's not a, a daily. But uh, yeah, you, you'd, you'd have to be a fool to borrow shares to short it at this point, especially knowing the community that we have and we're buying and holding and we're not going to sell until we get a very high number. Mm. I've just uh, taken a look there. Trace trades are reporting that um, someone is saying that the the, the interest is currently at two hundred and seventeen percent, which is insane. <laughs> I just yeah, I sometimes the numbers here I can't I can't quite get my head around. But so you've talked um, a little bit there about about um, the use of synthetic shares and short ladder attacks. Do you want to give people just like an idea of how that works to push a price down and 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 how legal that actually is? <laughs> yeah. So so synthetic shares it kind of doesn't really make sense, but it kind of does make sense. It's like a paradox. A synthetic share is made out of thin air. They don't really exist, but they do exist. Like for example, probably all the shares that I own are synthetic and I'm fine with that because a share is a share is a share. It doesn't matter if it's synthetic or legitimate. It still has to be bought back by the people that shorted it. And I believe they shorted our, our entire float six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten 10 times over. So the entire shares available to retail traders for AMC is about 400 million. 
Uh, I think they added like 17 million recently, but let's just call it 400 million. So if there's 400 million shares available, there is no way that we didn't buy up all those 400 million within the past couple months. There is no way because some of my viewers own 50,000 shares, like, like multiple of them have half a million dollars in AMC and I'm on a relatively small YouTube channel. So you can just extrapolate that with, and there's 3.2 million individual uh, retail traders. Adam Aaron said it the other week. So if there's 3.2 million, let's just say the average shareholder has 500. I think that's conservative. Uh, some people might think it's not, but in either case, let's just say 3.2 million times 500, that's 1.5 billion shares. How are there 1.5 billion shares, but there's only 400 million, uh, supposedly there's only 400 million. That means that they shorted this thing uh, at least three times over. So that means retail traders own actually 300% as opposed to what they tell us, which is we own about 80%. So the, a stock like this, where people buy and hold and buy and hold at every paycheck, there's no reason for it to be trading sideways other than they're creating shares out of thin air. And, and it's something that uh, has been going on for decades in the stock market. And it's just now coming to light in the mainstream because everybody's doing their research and they're, they're passing it through the interweb. And um, I don't know if it's legal or not. Uh, I don't think it should be if it is legal, but like, it's the same thing. I made a perfect analogy the other day on my Twitter. If I were to print out counterfeit money at my house and then go to a department store and buy, buy a bunch of TVs, if I were to get caught, I would get arrested and go to jail for a felony. These people are printing out counterfeit shares, which have the same monetary value, if not more, than a US dollar bill. Um, if you're talking about inflation, the US dollar bill is just tanking. Mm. But it, the, these, same, these people are counterfeiting <laughs> shares. That's the only difference. And they're counterfeiting shares to create this synthetic selling pressure to try and scare retail holders out of their positions. But none of it's worked. Uh, none of the threats have worked. None of the bogus bot comments have worked. None of the articles have worked. They thought the, the 500 million share dilution that, that uh, AMC was considering was going to work, that was taken off the table. So they really have nothing to... Um, to try and uh, snake their way out of this. Yeah, I mean, the nothing working is, is, is I think whatever has happened in this whole saga, I have been conditioned weirdly to this point to now think, when I look on my portfolios, like for example, I was looking at um, the, the crypto I've bought in the last month or so, uh, just like little small investments. And in the last couple of days, it's almost all in the red which is fine this is not this is not me like playing short-term things this is just like me putting some money away for for the future but when i see the red it doesn't phase me it doesn't even bother me like when i see it green i'm like woohoo and when i see it red i'm like oh, time to buy the dip like yeah, <laughs> there is, yeah it's like there is no bad news here <laughs> but yeah 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 so what are some of the indicators that you're looking at when because you seem very certain that that amc and, and gme will squeeze at some point um the extent to which we can't say um with gamestop at least i've heard uh, 17 million is now the floor uh, i don't know don't quote me on that <laughs> um, 
but uh, like, what are, what is it that you're looking at that makes you so confident? Like what indicators and what metrics and, and things are you looking at more specifically? Uh, A, the amount that it's shorted. It's shorted three, four, five, six, seven times over the entire float. That's, that's astronomical. For anybody watching this, that's not normal for a stock to be shorted that much because uh, for everybody watching, they started shorting AMC when COVID hit in America last year. And they thought, oh, it's a movie theater business. It's, of course, it's going to go bankrupt. That's what they're hoping for, because when you short a stock and it goes bankrupt, you don't have to pay any taxes on it and you never have to buy back those shares and you can make a killing. But at the same time, shorting a stock is the most risky thing you can do in the market because it has a finite potential of, of profit and it has an infinite potential of losses. That's why shorting is only done by people with, with hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. But guess what? They made a bad bet and it backfired. They didn't realize how strong the internet community was. Hmm. So, um, so why I'm so certain on it is because the extent to which it is shorted, which is astronomical, the extent to which people buy and hold this stock, which is astronomical, it's the hottest commodity on the market. It's like a Supreme brand clothing, or, or I don't know what you guys have in the UK, but like whatever the cool clothing is, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's like the limited edition Yeezys when they come out. That's what AMC stock is, except they just keep making more of it synthetically. So, and then the third thing, the, really the main thing is the regulations by the SEC and the DTCC. They have put in a dozen new regulations in the Federal Register within the last two months. Uh, to my knowledge, they have never put in rules that fever, feverishly in their entire existence. And then you got Gary Gensler coming in and he's cracking down, man. He's tired of it. Maxine Waters is tired of it. Because when you're over leveraging and you're borrowing money from these banks and you're not paying it back, that throws the financial equilibrium off balance. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that happened to the 2008 housing market crisis in the U.S. It's, uh, it's too many people borrowed money that they didn't pay back. That's the bottom line. So to answer your question, it's this stock is shorted like crazy and people are buying it like crazy. And then thirdly, we have these regulations that are coming into place that are going to protect the good actors and the bad actors will have to pay for it. It's mm. as simple as that. When you short a stock, you have to buy it back at some point. And so it's just a waiting game. But here's the thing, when you go long, you don't have to pay interest. You only pay interest when you go short. Mm. Yeah, it's costing them every day. I think the, what's the, the, the meme? So we can stay retarded longer than they can stay, stay solvent, I think is the one. It's the being held up by Malachi, the Futurama uh, dude from when Bender becomes God. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah, I love that episode. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's great. So how, how familiar are you with the, with the regulations and what they've actually um, sort of legislated for here? Uh, could you give us like a little more detail on, on what the new rules mean? Yeah, for sure. So the most recent one was uh, 801. Let's see. 801 was passed. And that was huge. And then 002, we're waiting on that getting passed. It was extended last Friday for another 45 days. I don't think it's going to take the whole 45 days to become implemented. Um, and then 006 came out Friday. Uh, and 006 
It basically, it's a 109-page document. It looks like a professor is grading a, an essay, like an English paper. It's just changing, like, lowercase to uppercase and, like, acronyms from longer titles and, like, spelling and grammatical errors. But if you look at page around 70, I believe, it talks about how the, the, these governing bodies, the SEC, the NSCC, the DTCC, will no longer have to give you 10 days uh, notice before they start implementing a rule. And they're doing that because they know what's going to go down, man. I know what's going to go down. You know, what's going to go down. The government knows what's going to go down and they're going to love taking our tax money and I'll be fine paying it. Cause I'll probably make a couple million dollars off this thing at least. So the, the we're waiting on the, the main rule that we're waiting on is DTCC 2021 005. Uh, but the, the fact that 801 was passed was huge because 801 and 002 from the NSCC, that talks about liquidity requirements. And that could give a, um, a, a, um, a regulatory body like the DTCC or a bank. A bank could call up a hedge fund and they could be like, hey, we know they'll call up a hedge fund and they'll be like, hey, we know you're shorting this stock this much. We know you're over leveraged. Uh, we're going to need to see the collateral on that. Collateral is the amount of money that that short position is worth. And I would bet my last dollar that these hedge funds don't have that money on them. So that's why, and that's why you're seeing these, these, these corrections in, in Bitcoin and crypto. It's because they're liquidating all of their assets. And so they're trying to get ready to pay for it. But in all honesty, they're not going to have enough money. So the DTCC's trading computers are going to step in and they're going to have to pay for it. And it's not its not going to be a person with a logical or rational mind buying back shares. It's a computer. It's a computer that starts from the lowest sell limit and, and goes all the way up to, like you said, potentially GameStop could be bought for uh, for 16 and a half or, or $17 million. And so, so the, these rules basically are giving uh, these hedge funds and these family offices less time to do their shenanigans and they're cutting off loopholes because before you only had to show a certain amount before you only had to have like one of the rules said you only had to have uh, $10,000 down to uh, I believe to like short a stock but now that rule is you have to have quarter a quarter million and then one of the rules is you have to have the entire short position the monetary value of it and if you don't have it within 60 minutes you're gonna default and that's called a margin call and then that goes straight to the dtcc because you you as a hedge fund don't have the money to pay for that so the dtcc is gonna have to pay for it by the members that that pay into it uh, i learned a lot of this from houston wade he's a genius and uh they're the members that pay into the dtcc are really gonna have to pay for it at the end of the day. And if that's not enough, the mint is gonna print more money, which is no big deal because the mint is printing millions of dollars as we speak. Yeah, I mean, th there's something like the, the third of all dollars have been printed in the last like 14 months. It's absolutely stupid. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that that a lot of the shorts had been bought on on leverage. Um, could you Could you go into a little more detail there? Yeah, so they borrowed money from banks just like you would uh, getting you a mortgage for a is house. Is there like somewhere you can see this online that you've seen? Is it like level two reporting or is it like where where are you where do you find that information? So that's that's a good point that you bring up because 
Gary Gensler, when he was on Squawk Box uh, last week on CNBC, he talks about how the problem is the lack of transparency and then the, uh, the over leveraging. And so back in the day, I'm talking about like uh, any time before now, May 11th, you didn't have to really report on all of your short positions. You could, and that's why, that's why I'm guessing on how many synthetic shares there are because it's not really public. Dude, if it was public report, publicly reported, uh, people like might riot in the streets, you know, it makes no sense. So, um, to my knowledge, there's no real website or like public data that shows the exact amount of short positions, but I do know, especially with the Archegos blow up that happened uh, a few weeks ago, they, they defaulted on $20 billion and they were over leveraged, uh, to like a factor of 10. So they borrowed money 10 times more than they had from a bank. And when that was found out, the bank got fed up with it. What was it? Uh, Nomura or Credit Suisse? I think it was Credit Suisse, maybe. And so these banks are getting fed up with it, too. And so um, that's the thing. They, they want to increase that transparency so people know what's going on. Because I'm a retail investor. I should be able to know when a hedge fund shorts a stock 300%. I should be able to know that. You know, we have all the data in the world, but I'm not allowed to know if a, shot, uh, if a stock is shorted that much. Like, that's insane. That totally tips the odds in the favor of, uh, of people with hundreds of millions and, and billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going off the speculation with the synthetic shares, but it, it would have to be in the billions for this stock to trade sideways this long. Mm. The, it's... It when, when you have those those areas of the world where there is like such opacity it becomes very easy for at the very least immoral and at the very worst highly criminal things to go on and this is one of the arguments obviously for for like a decentralized blockchain based financial system because it would all be out there and 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 transparent and um, I'm actually watching a lecture series from Gary Gensler, which I will link in the description below from when he was at MIT, all about blockchain and cryptocurrency. So if you're curious as to where his head at head is at, um, I find it really fascinating to 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 listen to him. Like obviously he's just teaching, but you still get a sense of the way in which he looks at at at, at finance and and crypto and blockchain and the world. And it's, it's a really interesting sort of little insight. Um so when you when when you talk about the we talked about a lot about how how kind of broken the financial system is like do you see this resulting in some sort of massive reform do you see this kind of hedge funds versus the internet battle continuing in a way and like is this what we've all is this what always has happened between hedge funds and we're just getting a glimpse of it now you know yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, to my knowledge, this has been going on for decades, uh, the, the overshorting and the over leveraging. But but there's certain people that are in bed with other certain people. And and uh, so it's like it's all politics at the end of the day, you know, and people get paid off and, and, and you know, all sorts of uh, um, borderline illegal activities happen behind the scenes that we're not aware about. But um, I do believe that we are going to come into a freer market with more transparency 
and I have full faith in Gary Gensler and the SEC. They wouldn't put a dozen new rules in the federal register if they weren't serious about it. So, and also everybody in their mama knows that if you short a stock with that kind of leverage, you are, you are putting the entire global market at risk. A lot of these lawmakers and politicians, they want to make it seem like the gamification of brokers is the problem. And, and the way that the Robinhood app looks like a video game, that's the real issue we should talk about. No, they're completely beating around the bush. Their issue is, is uh, people with so much freaking money are over leveraging. And then the 99% the doesn't have a fighting chance to make a dollar, you know? You could, you could argue that, yeah, you can play blue chips uh, till you're blue in the face. You can play Apple, you can play Microsoft, you can play Nike. And that's, that's a pretty like straightforward system. But these stocks that are shorted and then they didn't go bankrupt and now these guys are doubling and tripling down, man. And then you're not even being transparent about it. It's like, it's, it's not a level playing field. It's like a, uh, it's like a professional football team playing a bunch of middle schoolers, you know, at that point. Mm. So uh, I do see us coming into a freer market. Um, I do believe America is a wonderful country. And I do believe we, we have a free market to an extent. <laughs> and we've all, we've all seen where that line has been drawn. We all saw it in January. Heck, we saw it last Saturday when Dogecoin was dropping 30, 40% in a matter of minutes and nobody was allowed to sell. You know how many people lost millions with that? Like that, that was criminal in itself, but I don't know why anybody would still be in Robinhood at this point. I mean, but we're doing them a favor, like, like stop them paper handing on Dogecoin. Uh <laughs> I mean, man. They did. They didn't let them. How can you not let somebody sell? It's no, like, no, it's, especially it's, if you're on, especially if you're on a cash account. If you're on a cash account, then you already paid for that, and that's your money. But it's like, dude, it's the same thing with the banks. The banks are pretty crooked too. If you want to talk about another subject, I mean, I guess that's another talk for another day. But the banks, when you put your money, maybe it's different in the UK. I'm, I'm just speaking on the United States, but. When you put money in a bank, in a checking account, they lend out your money to the factor of 10 to yeah. other people. And that's how they make money. They make money on interest, on loaning out their money. Like, how do you think a bank stays in business? I'm, I'm speaking rhetorically right here. It's because they lend out your money. Say, say I have uh, $5,000 in my checking account. They're lending it out to the tune of 50 grand to all sorts of people. And then they, char they charge those sorts of people per uh, an APR, a, uh, a borrow rate. Same thing we're talking about with shorts. Mm -hmm. So that's how banks make money. And it's, uh, it's crazy. When I, when I learned, I learned that recently. And when I learned that, I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I want to put my money in a bank, to be honest. I'd rather just like, I don't know, but you kind of have no choice really, right? You know, so uh sorry sometimes i can just like get talking a lot i'm no, a right. person <laughs> the, no, and, the fractional but, reserve banking thing is is definitely um if anyone doesn't know what fractional reserve banking it's actually worse than what you've described there jackson it's it's they will like say so say you deposit like for example say a thousand dollars right in your bank and um, they 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 can go. Oh well, we'll just loan that money out. So they can loan it. They can um, they can loan it out 
um, and they have to leave 10% in the in the deposit of what they've loaned out. So they can loan out 90% of that. But then when they loan it out to someone and then they put it back in the bank, they can loan out 90% of that. And then it's just like the synthetic shorts. It's just, it's just, it's just artificially created money um, that, that they're yeah. able to fabricate. And it's, I don't know, I, 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 people can tell us in the comments, but I, I don't know if you felt this as well, but it's just like I've I've suddenly realized that most of the financial system is based on utter fraud and bullshit. And like, not that I didn't think that before, but to see it laid out in the way it has been over the last few months has been a really stunning revelation. Definitely. Yeah. And the reason I think that the retail traders are going to win with this Reddit stock situation is because... Uh, the hedge funds gravely underestimated the power of the internet and the speed at which information travels. Like just what we're talking about right here, we might educate some people on, on these issues and this information is going to get to them in a nanosecond. Mm. And so these, these hedge funds, dude, they had no idea that people were going to make YouTube channels and Reddits and, and Twitter posts and Facebook and TikTok and the list goes on and on. And, and then you got Chance the Rapper is hosting his uh, concert at AMC Theaters. And <laughs> the next UFC fight is on is on Saturday. That's being hosted at AMC Theaters. Yeah, right. And uh, Justin Bieber just reposted it. And it's just like they gravely underestimated the power of the Internet. And like the meme says, the Internet remains undefeated, man. So when so many people know about something and they know it's, it could be an awesome financial opportunity that will never happen again. And it will never happen again because they're putting these rules in place. So it doesn't happen again. But when people see an opportunity like that, they jump at it, man. They jump at it like it's uh, like the, like they're the 49ers uh, searching for gold up in the Bay Area. That's like it's like a gold rush. It's like a 2021 gold rush right now. But I don't even know how there's still shares available to buy. Like <laughs> when I get paid next week, I'm throwing at least half of my paycheck in the AMC and GME <laughs> if it hasn't swosed by then. But it's like, dude, people just keep buying it up. The shares have dried up months ago. And everybody knows that we're buying synthetic shares. There's no way we hadn't bought 400 million shares in the past three or four months. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like, cause I the the volume has just been pitiful low over the past couple of weeks like compared to again i i, I the numbers wise i only know one about about gamestop really specifically but i mean maybe you can speak to amc but for example in the middle at the at the end of january in the in the baby squeeze as houston wade has has called it which i love that people are are, are adopting that um because I've, I've started using it too and people look at me and like what do you mean the baby squeeze I'm like yeah because it's the baby one it hasn't happened yet um, but the, uh, the, the, the volume was like about 70 to a hundred million shares per day of GameStop being traded in at the end of January. And it has been around three, four million a day the last week or so. Like that is, there's nothing like comparatively. Uh, and, and it's just, it's like, we're all hanging around to, to kind of wait for it to blow up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's the same thing with AMC stock. On January 27th, the volume was 1.25 billion on the day. That's like 
insane. It makes, well, it makes perfect sense because it was shorted so heavily. And when you buy it back, that causes the short squeeze. And that's why there's so much volume. But it's the same, it's the same exact thing. If you look at GME and AMC, keep in mind they're in different sectors. I'm sure you're well aware of that. A, a different sector stock should not look identical to another stock in a different sector, mm. but yet they're identical, the charts on a, on a daily chart, on a weekly, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it, they are identical. And it's what the is same- happening there? That has baffled me more than I can even, I, I have found no one who has any idea, like, like a le- legit, reasonable explanation for why that has happened. Have you come across one? Oh, until now, it's all dark pool. So when we buy shares or, um, yeah, when we buy shares, they send, I believe it's like, they, when we buy shares, they send a lot of those orders through a dark pool. A dark pool, it's not as like devious or like, um, like crazy as it sounds. It's just a, an off-market exchange. So you're not actually dealing with the straight-up New York Stock Exchange like you would in a traditional buying sense. If I were to buy a stock of Apple, that would go through the NYSE. But now, if you buy a stock of AMC, they're rerouting it through dark pools. So that volume is not accounted for. So what we're seeing is only a fraction of what the actual volume is. And they're making it look like that on purpose. They're making it look like this stock is, is going down the drain. But no, it's all being rerouted through dark pools. And dark pools are a legal thing, but they're changing the legislation on that as well. So they're, I think they want to uh, block off dark pool trading uh, for a lot of them uh, pretty soon because it it's one of the loopholes that they've found to artificially uh, manipulate a stock in the way that it looks. Like I'm looking at it right now, we have 35 million volume on the day, but if you go back like a couple months, we were trading well over a hundred million on average. And uh, so, yeah, the answer is they reroute our share buying to uh, dark pools. So why does that mean that the, the two stocks have been so correlated? That, that, like, that's, that's the part that I find really curious. So I, I get that they're trying to route them through, through the dark pools in order to um, keep the retail investors um, buy orders off exchange or off market so that they don't they're they're not causing the price spikes but why have amc and gme both like followed such a similar trajectory is it because it's the same hedge funds rooting them through the same dark pools in the exact same time yeah so it's yeah pretty close uh it's the same buyers and sellers it's the same institutional buyers and sellers and a lot of the people that so GameStop was the first one to start and my hat's off to Keith Gill, uh, Roaring, uh, Kitty, Deep Effing Value. My hat's off to him, man. He, he's so sophisticated and so smart at like forecasting that GameStop was going to do that. I mean, that, that takes like, like Rain Man ability. I don't know how he did it, but hats off to him. So it started with GameStop. And then, and then people found out, hey, AMC is shorted like crazy too. Like, let's save that company. And so, um, so they, they, they look the same because it's the same buyers and sellers, not only institutional ownership, but also retail ownership. Like somebody like me, I have both. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my viewers, they have both. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on Reddit, they have AMC and GME. So it's just the same buyers and sellers and then it's also the same hedge funds. It's Melvin and Citadel, and uh, there's there's a couple. There's other ones too. There's dozens. 
dozens of hedge funds in the United States, but um, Melvin and Citadel are the two main ones, and they're both shorting GME and AMC. So it's just the same buyers and sellers. That's all it is. Mm, that makes sense. So um, what do you, just before we finish up here, um, I want to say, first of all, I love that quote that you said, the internet remains undefeated because fuck yeah, we remain undefeated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But um, have you got any any predictions, things for people to look out for um, and, and thoughts? So we said the, the DTCC um, 005 rule, I think you said, was one that they're still looking to pass. Is there anything else people should be looking out for in the next week or two? Yeah, for 002 to pass. So NSCC 2021, 002 to pass. Uh, you also want to look out for the $12.25 level of resistance on AMC. On GME, I haven't pulled it up, but it's going to be similar in proportion. So once we pass 12.25 on AMC, that's going to show some really good strength, some really good positive momentum. After that, the next level of resistance is $14.50. If we get over that, shorts are going to have to cover their positions, some of them, not all of them. And then if we get over 20 bucks, uh, I, I forecast pretty much all shorts will have to cover at that point because they would just be losing so much money. So that level 1225, next level is 1450. And then keep a lookout for the legislation. And if you want to check it out, I do daily updates on my channel. It's just Jackson Hunter with no spaces. So, um, yeah, we're just waiting for uh, regulation. It's like we've already done all the DD and, and not me. There, there's been many other people that have done genius level ID or DD, excuse me. And uh, and so all the DD has been done. The jig is up. Everybody knows it. So we're just waiting on uh, regulations at this point. Mm, that's definitely a sentiment that was echoed in the big DD that was posted a few days ago on Super Stunk, the name of which escapes me. But you're 100% right. Shout out to all of the mods on r slash Super Stunk. You have done a just fucking incredible job. And um, yeah, there's been a lot of unpredicted rides on this road. I didn't think we'd ever end up with Super Stunk. Have you seen that meme? I'll try and splice it in here if I can find it. And it's... Um, the it's from family guy and it's that like like weird animal that like the animals on noah's ark create that looks like a whole bunch of different stuff and they're like what is this and it's like that's <laughs> our, our super stonk <laughs> no i haven't seen that one yeah i'll put it in if i can find it but yeah man thanks very much for your time it's been um an absolute pleasure uh check out uh, jackson hunter's channel i will put the links everything uh, we've discussed in the description below thank you so much man have a good one Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, follow me on Twitter, or sign up to our mailing list. Thanks a lot to our sponsor, ExpressVPN, the number one most trusted VPN. Get lightning fast connectivity with servers in 160 locations across 94 countries. Keep your browsing privacy safe with ExpressVPN and get a 35% discount on 12 months of ExpressVPN when you follow the link in the description below. Don't forget my book is now out and available to order on Amazon and on bookshop.org. That's Brexit, the Establishment Civil War. And most importantly, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.